0: Hey everybody, this is Marn. What you are about to hear is a episode that is a part of a pilot season of a horror book club podcast that was recorded in the winter of 2019 slash 2020 with the last episode being recorded literally right before quarantine uh, went into effect. That's just some context for the pilot season of Dead Letter Society. After this season airs, it will be back with a slightly different format, but until then, enjoy. Letter Society, a horror book club podcast. I'm Marn, your spooky host, and every other week I'm going to bring a friend into my library of terror to discuss a novel, short story, or bit of interactive fiction that scares us. Today we'll be talking about Wilder Girls by Rory Power, and with me is my good friend Theo. Hi, I'm Theo. Theo is also the host of LGBT Time Machine and Theopets, which is a Patreon-exclusive podcast. So before we get into talking about the book, I want to do content warnings as per usual. Uh, We will not necessarily discuss all of these things here on the podcast, but you should know if you intend on reading the book that it does contain all of these things. So without further ado, the content warnings for Wilder Girls are extreme body horror, epidemic illness, medical experimentation, guns, violence, gun. Violence, suicide, animal death, animal attacks, child death, murder, starvation, slash rationing of food, and parasites. So first off, do we want to just kind of give in brief the plot slash premise of Wilder Girls?
1: Uh, yeah. So it it was described to me as like Lord of the Flies, but with young girls and an epidemic, and it's basically a bunch of girls at a boarding school off the coast of Maine. I think yeah, it's very in Maine. isolated, and this like epidemic kind of breaks out and they get cut off from the world and they kind of have to survive as they take each other out the illness takes them out and they're trying to figure out how to survive and deal with all the mystery of like what's happening to us
0: yeah and um like the the navy like has quarantined them on this island because they have these like weird mutations that are happening to them and like a lot of the adults have died because of the mutations and they there's like a whole kind of subplot with like the navy quarantining them and like trying to cure the the virus and whatever so what do what do we want to like talk about first like to get in deep with this book
1: well i feel like there there are two things to discuss in this book the plot and the characters (laughs) and both are disappointing
0: (laughs) Well, I feel like I should say before we go any further, this is definitely a young adult book. If if you're thinking about reading it, you definitely should go in knowing that it's a young adult book. Like it's about teenage girls at a boarding school.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just so here is let's. I'm I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do plot. This should be really fucking cool. Literally, you... it's a bunch of girls at a girls' school. And a fucking virus c- takes hold, and they're mutating. And these mutations, like, I'm not a horror kind of person. Can ask Marn, and all of our years of friendship, I I, I am not the horror friend. And there was a lot of body horror, but it was written really coolly. And it was done in a way that I was like, yeah, I'm down for this. And it just, I, it could have been a very good book. And instead, I describe oh. it as, like, an adequate book. Like, the execution of everything fell very fast lot with how cool the plot could have been
0: yeah i think my my main problem with this book is that all of the setup and like the first half of the book is really interesting and cool and like all of the girls have their own like unique mutations and it's very cool like learning about them and learning about like how the the culture of the boarding school has like changed to suit this like what's going on with them but then like the payoff is just like
1: eh exactly
0: (laughs) like they do they do so much setting up and like so much mysteries they establish and then like when you get to the payoff it's just like oh yeah i guess i guess this book had a climax somewhere
1: yeah and i think that's the big thing i the first time i read it was like there's too much information dumped at the beginning and i just wanted to get to the action and then i was like you know what this could have been great i didn't mind all of these like the unraveling of thoughts and seeing like the introspection of each major character. Except there was never a climax, really. There was never that payoff that this was all building to something. It was just kind of like, here we are. 200 pages later, here we still are. Something's gonna happen, maybe. Here's like 10 pages of action. But this wasn't the climax. Good luck finding out which was the climax. Was it when they're the dad and they're in the cabin and they have to like fight off this like mutated man monster? Was it escaping from medical experimentation hell, such the island? What, what was it? What were we building, to Martin?
0: Yeah, come to think of it, I don't think that I could tell you what the climax of this book was. Like, I want to say it was like the Navy realizes that like they've breached the quarantine and they like send the thing that's gonna kill all of them, and thus, like, there's so much important stuff that happens after that.
1: Yeah, also that for something that as Marne describes it, you would think is a huge deal is like, I like barely remember that happening. It was just like, Oh yeah, this is happening, alright. Time to move on to the other things. Well that's
0: um, when the um the, the teacher like kills herself. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. I guess like traditionally that would be a climax, but it comes at a very weird place in the book. Mm-hmm when there's like still a lot of stuff left unresolved this book uh, this book like weirdly has no falling action <laughs> you're right
1: well and there's there's no real resolution to anything
0: yeah that was so when i finished this book i was like there's not more of this story there's not a sequel because probably my biggest problem with this book is that it just ends the author just like stopped writing they So the two of the main characters, one of their friends gets captured by the Navy and put into like medical experimentation jail so that they can test cures for this like parasite on her. Uh, and the other two characters go and rescue her and um, they find her and she has gotten like this parasite out of her body and she's like basically comatose and they save her. Uh, and then it ends, and you don't find out what happens to them. They just, like, are sailing on a boat with their comatose friend, and you don't find out what happens to them. You don't find out what happens to all of the rest of the girls at the
1: school. Mm-hmm. Basically, nothing gets resolved except that they save their friend. But even with that, nothing gets resolved, because it's also, one of the things that drew me to this book is that I was told it had, like, sapphic romance. And yeah, this was, and like, it, it kind of does. It kind of does. But so, like, the two, the two girls who have to save their friend who are left behind, it was really interesting, and I was super into them, like, having to figure out how they were still friends without a missing link of their friend group, which is something that I think a lot of people can relate to, of, like, in a friend group, everyone knows how they relate to everyone, kind of, but there's always, like, the first time you hang out without the one friend, you're yeah. like, huh, weird. This is obviously taken to a different level because the one friend has been kidnapped. Well, they don't know that at the time. She's just gone. But So like, they start realizing that they actually have feelings for each other, and it seems like it's going somewhere. A lot of action happens. The killing of one of their dads who has been mutated beyond a human being, basically. And so they kind of break up, but they never actually break up. And this is very soon after they realize that they're together. And none of that ever gets resolved really so you have these two characters who are potentially girlfriends but also they technically broke up immediately after getting together because of murder and then they are still together as they go rescue this other friend and so even as they're like sailing away you have no idea of like how do they relate to each other now are they like what is their future hold how do they view each other Which is something that I thought was kind of disappointing in the, like, I wanted LGBTQ plus representation. And I guess I got it? But also... Yeah, come to think of it,
0: it is very weird that you have absolutely no idea where the three main characters kind of stand with each other at the end of this book.
1: Yeah, and in some ways, like, that could be... the author's goal, I don't know. Like, I have seen authors really leave it feeling like the story is not completed because of the whole, like, life is, it's a metaphor for life, and you never really know what the ending will bring, and you're just, sometimes you're not satisfied. And if I felt like this was actually, like, an intentional thing, maybe I would be less annoyed by it. But it didn't feel intentional, and the not knowing where any of the characters stand with each other didn't feel intentional, so instead I was just like, Uh, Well, yeah, and I think that some horror stories
0: can do that well. Like, sometimes not knowing is scarier. But, like, this is very much a novel where I was kind of expecting... Well, I guess because it's a YA novel where I was expecting everything to be wrapped up in kind of a satisfying way. And instead, I just got, like... Ah, uh, they sailed off on a boat, and uh, we don't know what happened to all of the other girls who were left in danger because there was a bear chasing them. Exactly. Like, the main characters leave the boarding school after, like, the principal just tried to kill everyone, and also there's a bear trying to break into the school. They just, like, leave, and I was like, they're gonna come back, right? Like, they're gonna come back and save everyone and get them off the island? That does not happen.
1: Well, well and also, you like, even... Not even, like, the, the huge, like, in-your-face danger of violence. Like, the Navy has cut off help. Yeah. They're not sending food or supplies anymore. They're not doing anything, and the entire island's ecosystem is mutated. So, like, I'm also, I'm like, if they survive the bear, if they survive all of this, if they survive each other, are they just gonna starve? What are they gonna do? And that was the thing is the book was really cool and that it made you care about all of the other characters in the cast. (laughs) It was just like (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) Exactly. I was really into like when it was describing like they had got like who was on the guns, who got to go out, the like cliques and groups that everyone banded together which felt really cool of like in an epidemic kind of situation, I would be like, yeah, I would band together yeah. with my friends and we would be like our own little gang and we wouldn't antagonize the other groups, but, like, these are my core people that I have to watch out for. And I loved that element, but they showed us all of the other people that were watching out for each other and their relationships to the main characters and to each other and to the teachers and to the world. And then, like you said, it was just like, ah, fuck you. Don't know what's happening to you in the end. I mean, like... Uh, goodbye. <laughs>
0: The only thing I can think of is that the author is either going to write a sequel or wants to keep it open for her to one day write some kind of sequel or spin-off novel, which like, if that's the case, I guess I understand. But I don't know. This ending didn't really satisfy me.
1: Yeah. And I think also if you're gonna ha- do like a cliffhanger for a sequel, it's gotta be better than that.
0: Oh, also the, the main girl like throws up a human heart at the end. Yeah! And that wasn't explained at all. No! I was like, huh, weird. I wonder if anyone is going to explain what this means. And then the book ended on, like, the next page. And I was like, H- hello? <laughs>
1: I think that was my other thing, is, like, the epidemic and the parasite and all of that didn't feel... Like- I was still extremely confused at how that all worked and how it all was connected, because they kind of explain it. But then she does something like that, and I'm like, wait, What?
0: Yeah, I um I felt like I kind of understood what it was by the end of the book and then that kind of got thrown in and I was like wait this just suddenly doesn't make any sense again because like what I got was that it was like a parasite that was native to the island mm-hmm. and it incubated in like the animals there and then it kind of moved to the humans because yeah. they make a big deal out of like the the crabs mm-hmm. on the island have, like, weird mutations. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of, like, jumped to the humans, but the only people it like, can, like, incubate in are girls who are during puberty? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm glad that we got the same thing out of that. And, like, the two female teachers are also... They also have it because, like, one is on hormones, or one is, like, on birth control, mm-hmm. and that... Makes her okay to like have it, and the other one is, um menopausal.
1: Yeah, and because it's like the older the students get, the m- the worse their, I think they were calling them like flare ups or something. Yeah, like, the- and they had like yearly like flare ups that were happening where like the mutation would get worse and would manifest itself in a new way. And these were like really weird mutations, which was also the thing that I was confused about was because I got like the parasite. I was like, how does this parasite cause this? vast variety of really weird and vaguely horrific mutations. And, like, uh, what's under her eye and how does that relate to the the heart she throws up also? Oh,
0: I thought the parasite was under her
1: eye. But, like, the parasite isn't under, isn't, like, in any, like, feeling in anyone else's body, which is what confused me. Like, she's the only one who can, like, feel it moving under her skin. Gross.
0: Uh, By the way, if you read this book, there's a lot of, like, eye horror related stuff because the main character has an eye injury that, like, turned into an eye mutation and they... Talk about a lot of gross stuff relating to it. And I have like a thing about eye gore sometimes, so it, it bugged me, so it might bug you.
1: Yeah, I just was like, there was no rhyme or reason how the mutations worked. And I, it felt kind of like the author was just like, wouldn't this be a cool mutation? And Wouldn't this be a gross mutation? And we never really got to find out, like, was it, was it hormonal? Was it interacting with something that was already there, like, with her, like, the eye injury, yeah. and then it became a thing? Because in that case, it was, but in other cases... It just seemed really random.
0: Yeah, I think I think at one point they're like, "Oh, it's like making them closer to the animals on the island," because like there's one girl who develops gills. Oh yeah. But it's like I couldn't figure out how all of the mutations necessarily fit into that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I I just wanted to know more about the parasite and its impact, and like it felt like all of the medical nonsense of trying to cure it from the Navy didn't really work. Because I was just like, this. how does this work with what we as the readers know of this thing?
0: Well, I, I thought the point of that was because, like, the Navy thought it was a disease and uh. not a parasite. And then you find out kind of towards the end of, of the book that it's actually a parasite, which, like, nobody knew.
1: That's fair. That makes sense. Just, the ending wasn't satisfying. And everything else in the book I could have been really on board for if there was more. It wasn't a bad book.
0: No, it was good. Um, I... I liked the writing. I liked the world building. I liked that one of the characters says in text that she is queer mm-hmm. and uses the word queer. I thought that was very cool. I liked the lesbians. <laughs>
1: While they were there.
0: There's, like, other implied lesbians oh, that's in the book, true. too.
1: That's very true. I liked that they, they they never tried to get rid of the, yes, she is blind in one eye thing, and, like, her having to figure out how to, like, cope with that, and all of them having to learn how to cope with their mutations. Yeah. Was, I really enjoyed that, because it wasn't just, oh, yeah, the mutations in her eye, she's super powered eye. It was like, no, she is blind in one eye, she cannot see out of this one eye. Or this one person has, like, this thing that impacts her everyday, day-to-day life. I liked how that was done, because it was kind of the reminder of, like, no, these things have impacts on the big and the small.
0: Yeah, I like the main character is basically, miss like, down one eye, but she she can still, like, shoot a gun and stuff. And they, they kind of make a big deal out of that. Well, they don't, like, make a big deal out of it, but they don't let you forget that she only has one eye and that mm-hmm. she can, like, shoot a gun and that, like, she doesn't really have depth perception. Uh, Also, one of the other main characters has, like, a mutated hand and can't mm-hmm. shoot a gun, and they, like, talk about that and, like, how that affects her. I don't think it's, like, a perfect one-to-one disability mm-hmm. metaphor, but I think that it was handled well.
1: Yeah. It's definitely not perfect, but it was, it never got brushed aside. And yeah. It, like, it, it was never forgotten or ignored. It was always, like, even if we as the readers weren't thinking about it, the characters were. And I like how aware they were of, like, ah, oh, yes, I can't do this thing, or I have to do this thing differently. It's like you said, it's not, a, it's not a perfect one-to-one disability metaphor, but it, it was handled fairly well.
0: Yeah, and I, I I did like that the the parasite don't like kind of magically cure their mm-hmm. like injuries or disabilities, and I think it it can be easy to forget when you're like writing a character who only has one eye or whatever that like they only have one eye, but this book didn't, and yeah. I thought that was good. I also thought that the first person narration was pretty good. I enjoyed it. There's two different points of view in the book. Yeah, there's the there's the main character Hetty, and then there's Byet who. Um, does who does first person narration from the Navy base? But I don't know, I feel like she didn't get a lot of character development, no. really.
1: Well, that's I didn't feel like mm-hmm. anyone really got character development, which was my other thing of Hetty at the end of the novel is still basically the exact same Hetty as she was at the beginning of the novel, except with more information a little bit and more of just like, well, time to go get by it. By it was very much like a flat character of. Gets. Goes missing. You find out that she's at the Navy base being medically experimented on. She pseudo has the connection with the one boy. But like, that doesn't give her any character development. It's just kind of a like, ah, yes, here we are. And then she like slowly is like losing herself. Yeah,
0: so- it's. It's weird because like. Most of the stuff you find out about Byatt is from other characters, Mm -hmm. because all of Byatt's sections is, like, either she's drugged, or she's, like, dying, or she's, like, succumbing to the parasite. Mm -hmm. So, like, you get, like, one tiny section about her backstory, and that's pretty much it. Which I thought was interesting, because, like, I think you can do a character like that in a way that works, like a character where most of what you know about them is from other people's perspectives. But because she's the second point of view character in this book and she gets equal time as Hedy,
1: yeah, it
0: was weird
1: that we don't learn very much about her. Yeah. And it, it, it also, like, we don't learn much about her and none of them develop or grow. Not necessarily the worst thing because, like, you can have a a cool story and have it be very, like, action driven. But you still need characters? I mean, debatably,
0: I think that Hetty has a little bit of character development. She, like, learns that the the one teacher is, like, hiding stuff from her and she, like, becomes kind of jaded with authority because she learns that, like, the, the higher-ups in the Navy are hiding stuff from them and... She kind of like learns to go against authority and like that what the teachers at the school are telling her isn't always best for her and stuff like that. But I don't know if I would argue that she has that much character development. I think that like she becomes more jaded by the end of the book, but that's really all that happens to her. Yeah. Yeah. And like. I don't think Byatt gets any character development, really. you lear- We learn stuff about Byatt, but she doesn't really have an arc so much as it's like stuff happens to her. Yeah. And she is largely unable to react due to being drugged by the Navy.
1: Mm-hmm. And then um, I can't even remember what the other girl's name was. Isn't is- it Reese? Is it? Let's I think it's that. Reese. Yeah, it's probably Reese. <laughs> Here, okay, Reese's major development was learning that Reese didn't actually hate Hetty and that she had conflicting emotions about Hetty leaning towards the, like, romantic. And But that was also, like, Reese isn't a point-of-view character. She is... We see all this through Hetty and Hetty's like, wow, my friend is gone and my other friend is being weird. Wonder what's up. And then realizing and learning more about Reese. But again, Reese herself doesn't have development it's more that we just learned more about her
0: i kind of almost wanted reese to be a point of view character same because she is established as like a super introvert who like doesn't talk about her feelings and i would have liked to know what she had kind of going on internally because like a lot of stuff happens to her that she's, like, upset about, but she expresses that she's upset and then, like, leaves for several chapters. And this mm-hmm. happens, like, multiple times. Yep. When Hetty gets put on the boat patrol, which is, like, what Reese really wants to do because she wants to look for her dad, her missing dad, out in the woods. Uh, and then when they find her dad and he's, like, a tree monster and they have to kill him, she's very upset both of those times. And then she expresses to Hetty that she's upset and just, like, leaves. And I would have liked to know what was going on kind of internally with mm-hmm. Reese at those moments, because those feel like character developmenty moments, and I was kind of disappointed that we only get to see that from Hetty's point of view, where she's like, Oh, Reese is mad. That sucks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same. Well, especially because the killing of the father happens very soon after they get together and are like, oh, wow, we have these feelings. Kiss. And so then we are left seeing Hetty being like, are we broken up? Where do we stand? What is all of this? And I would have really liked to see Reese's point of view of, well, this just happened. I just watched someone who I am developing slash already have feelings for kill my father who was kind of the only thing I had in this world who I've spent this entire time that we have been quarantined trying to find a way to get to him and see if he's all right like that's an emotionally traumatizing thing to have happen and we don't see any of it and the next time like we see her there's another thing they have to handle and that's kind of what has brought them back together like no conversations really happen about any of these things that have upset Reese or that Reese is dealing with it's always like well, Plot has to move on, so therefore you have to move on.
0: Now that you're saying it, it is super weird that they don't have a conversation about the fact that they like had to kill her dad and that he was a monster.
1: Yeah. It's never it's never talked about between them. Teddy thinks about it. Like it's
0: extremely like, strange.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that's that's why like part of my issue with like saying that like they have like a good sapphic romance is They never really talk about any of the things that happen around them or to them in a way. Like, they don't define the relationship, but you don't always have to do that in a book. But Yeah. They don't even talk about, like, the major events that have just happened. They're just like, well, on to the next thing. It just left me wanting so much more because the premise was so cool. And it could have been so cool, but then you have, like, those bits and then you have, like, the lack of an ending. And it's just like, what... What am I supposed to take away from this book? Especially because I feel like YA books always have, like, a big takeaway that the reader is supposed to, like, leave feeling or thinking about or even just being like, wow, that character was really neat. And we didn't really get any of those, like, typical YA things at the end. Yeah, this was, like,
0: really weirdly structured for a YA book. In some respects, I wasn't mad at it, but, like, in terms of the ending, obviously... I had a lot to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just was very strange to me to read a YA book that, like, leaves a bunch of its characters in the dust, doesn't really give you anything going on internally with one of the main characters, and, like, kind of ends, like, incredibly ambiguously with, with like, not telling you what happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And that's, it's like, if I want, if you're going to, like you were saying earlier, if you're going to do an ambiguous ending, you need to do like a sequel kind of thing, or it needs to be a very intentional choice. And this was neither of those things.
0: Yeah. And I feel like some of that might come from the fact that like, I don't know, horror is not a very generally accepted genre in young adult fiction. That's true. And there's, there aren't that many novels that are, like, YA horror, and I think that, therefore, unlike, like, YA fantasy or sci-fi or whatever, there's no, like, generally accepted, like, formula for, like, what makes a popular YA horror book or, like, stuff that you should include to make it popular, and I think that that gives writers a lot of room to play in the space. But not necessarily to best effect. Yeah. But like, I know that because there aren't a lot of YA horror novels, and because especially there aren't a lot of queer YA horror novels, people have tended to recommend this book specifically mm-hmm. to people looking for YA horror. Having read it, I don't know that it would be my recommendation for like queer YA horror but I also don't know of any other queer YA horror books
1: yeah and that's that was the hard thing was it was recommended to me and I I like bought it I before it even come out I had pre-ordered it because I was so excited and I I don't think I would recommend it to someone else but also, like you said, I off the top of my head can't think of that. I can think of a lot of fantasy YA like queer books. I can think of like retellings. There's so many Robin Hoods and Arthurian legends and dystopian kind of esque things. And there's so many options for a lot of those now, just as general like tropes. But horror as a whole genre doesn't have much in the YA section, let alone queer horror. YA.
0: Well and I feel like part of that is because fantasy is really huge in YA right now and the market is kind of very much burning itself out on fantasy right now Mm -hmm. and also I think because of a misconception that like people who are of the age to read YA books either don't or shouldn't read horror which I think is bullshit.
1: (laughs) Yeah I a lot of my friends when I was younger including you were reading horror stuff Yeah, like,
0: I I was reading horror novels when I was in, in middle school, and, like, they were definitely not YA horror, and I feel like if I had had YA horror to kind of onboard me into that genre, it might have been a better time for me, because I was reading a lot of adult horror when I was, like, 11, and I don't know. I mean, it was fine for me because I had a very advanced reading level and I started reading, like, more adult books very early. But I feel like we should have more YA horror books to, like, introduce middle schoolers and stuff to the genre so they
1: don't start out reading, like, The Shining like I did. Yeah, well, I was just like, I again, I'm not a horror person. I don't read a lot of it. But I feel like there are some common themes in adult horror that are potentially really traumatizing for a younger reader to have is, like, their first introduction. Like, you can do horror without some of the things that adult ho- horror has, and, like, there's different kinds of horror, but it definitely is, like, there are some things that maybe an 11-year-old doesn't need to be consuming. Yeah, The Shining definitely has, like, a lot of
0: fucked-up sex stuff in it. Like, yeah. I should not have been reading that when I was 11 years old.
1: But that, I mean, that's all That's all you had. Yeah. What else is there? Scary stories to tell in the dark? Yeah, like, You read we, that once. You, Goosebumps isn't even horror- <laughs> But, like, Goosebumps was, like, what my older brother who loved horror was reading until he was, like, this isn't horror. This is just spooky. Okay. And he also started reading, like, really adult horror stuff at an older age.
0: I had, like, they weren't Goosebumps. They were, like, the Nightmare Hall books, which Mm. were, like, slightly more adult Goosebumps about, like, college kids. And I really liked those. But also they were definitely, like, below my reading level at that age. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, But they were definitely, like, more intense than Goosebumps. Like, I remember enjoying them because they, like, the characters in them actually, like, died and stuff.
1: There was, I, every time I want to reread it, I forget it. But it was, like, one of the Nightmare Room series where these these, like, teenagers got put on this island. And it was, like, a haunted island. And, yeah, people died. Real, real fucked up shit happened. <laughs> and I was really into that. Well and that's the thing of like young readers will read it. Animorphs is such a huge series. Animorphs got pretty fucked up in the end.
0: Animorphs starts really fucked that's, up. That's true. But they, like <laughs> they see an alien get murdered in the first book. That's true.
1: But like Animorphs is definitely a kid, like a a kid's YA kind of type Oh yeah, absolutely. Thing. I mean And that was done fairly well of here is a way you can have some adult themes but done well for it to be dissected not dissect digested by kids. And so it's like, why doesn't horror have that?
0: That's true. And like Alyssa's reading the or she's listening to audiobooks of like the Tamara Pierce novels right now. Mm. And like those have some fucked up shit in them. Like The Last Protector with a small book oh has like Child death just left and right, and it's like the plot is that like there's like an evil mage putting child spirits into like war machines, yeah. And that was like that fucked me up as a child. And it's like if why fantasy can have that kind of stuff in it, like there's no reason that why horror isn't like a big genre and why more writers aren't writing it, aside yeah. from the fact that like. The publishers and agents and stuff are like telling them to stick to fantasy and sci fi. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's, it's so interesting because like Tamara Pierce was and still is one of my favorite authors and was the author that made me want to be a writer. Yeah. And is also the author that her books taught me as a young middle schooler person a lot about the world. That was the first time I read a book, I read a book with a character who got her period. Yeah, same. And who had sex and who grappled with I like these masculine things and also these feminine things and I'm allowed to like both and had war and fighting and death and all of this stuff that as like a middle schooler was not out of my realm of existence I was out my friends and I were all at the age where we were getting periods and the only like media we got was pamphlets about it or the one episode in Degrassi where someone gets their period but was wearing a white skirt and oh everything's ruined so it was really cool having a having a character who got her period and had to be like oh this is a thing that affects me once a month and it did it didn't just happen and then was ignored for the rest of the series like throughout the books they'd be like oh yes this is it's it's that time of the month here we are and dealt with death and fighting and all of those things and like not necessarily a graphic way but it definitely wasn't not graphic. Yeah, no,
0: it was, like, fairly mature for a YA series, I would say.
1: Yeah, and if that is allowed, which it should be allowed, then there's no reason that we can't have more of a genre here.
0: Yeah, and, like, I don't know, younger kids will watch horror movies, like, if you let them, absolutely. I don't know, I I don't understand the sensitivity in the YA market to, like, Oh, but the the children—they can't read horror novels. Those aren't marketable. Which is
1: so funny compared to some of the other issues that the YA market is having, and that it either treats its readers like shit and stupid people, which they're not, or it goes really far the other way and is like, here's a whole bunch of books about rape. Yeah. This is what you want, right? As a sixteen-year-old, you just want a whole bunch of books about how women are are like have violence committed against them great
0: yeah i remember like in middle school when i was reading the shining stuff like that was considered really adult for me but then like on our like the black-eyed susan reading list or whatever it was like all books about like girls with eating disorders Mm -hmm. or like girls doing drugs with their friends and i like read some of them and i was like we're like allowed to read this this doesn't seem right
1: yeah and it's i think I think it's definitely important for younger audiences to have books that show things like that that they're going through but it definitely feels like a double standard of we are allowed to read those but we're not allowed to read horror. I read when I was like 13 I read a book that had a very graphic rape scene in it that was almost fetishizing it which I didn't realize at the time and then I went back and reread it and I was like oh my librarian handed this to me and was like this is a book that is for your age group yikes and like yeah yeah this happens this is a thing that a lot of people in the world grapple with and it does need to be discussed but there are better ways to do it and if we're going to be actively encouraging kids to read things about drugs and eating disorders and violence and rape and all of these things why why is it palatable and okay when it's realistic yeah. And not when it's other things. Because it's also the fantasy books that include those also get pushed aside, and it's like, no, that's not okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also read the Redwall Bugs, and those had like a lot of fucked up violence in them, too. Mm. Which I was thinking about recently. Like, those might be more violent than a lot of the horror novels I read as a kid, honestly. They're... People like get impaled in those books, like, constantly. Oh, damn. <laughs> There's, like, there's so much death in the Redwall books. I don't know if you ever read them. I don't think
1: I did, no. Oh, they're really
0: fucked up. I need to reread them, but, like, yeah, people just, like, get impaled and, like, burnt to death, and there's, like, a, th- a whole thing where, like, badgers go into a blood rage and just, like, kill people. Yeah, You know,
1: as badgers do. As badgers do. And again, it's like, I'm not, I don't um. think either of us is saying that those books shouldn't exist. No,
0: um, but, but, like... It's weird that, like, those exist, but people claim that there's no market for, like, YA horror. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's also, again, kids are wanting to read it, and so instead you're forcing kids to read a lot more adult books with very adult themes, because that's all that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Wilder Girls. It was wild and kind (laughs) of disappointing, wasn't a bad book.
0: I liked the writing. I would, I, did like I the would, writing. I would read more by this author, by Same. Rory Power. I
1: think. Does she have any other books out? I don't. I think this would have. This was her debut. Okay. And yeah, her writing yeah. style was like hauntingly beautiful. Yeah. Every all of the ways that everything was described had me like I couldn't stop reading it. I was very hooked to the book, and just her style of writing was quite beautiful and quite succinct when it needed to be, and I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, I would say uh, if you read this book for anything, definitely read it, just, like, for the descriptions alone. Like, Mm -hmm. it's probably worth it, honestly. It is probably worth your time just to, like, read Rory Powers' writing, because it's very good. And yeah, I liked that the characters were very unambiguously queer. Well, I guess some of them are ambiguously queer, but I liked that the, that kind of reese was just like literally says that she's queer in in dialogue in the book yep and do we ever get confirmation that hetty is like a lesbian i don't know if we do
1: i don't think we do but i know that we did for reese which was very fulfilling because again that's also a thing is a lot of times in in books that are not specifically marketed to be lgbtqa plus stories characters aren't open about it yeah the only time i've seen main characters or characters involved in relationships like unambiguously say this is who i am is in stuff like simon and the home of like yeah and all of those books and i wish you all the best and red white and royal blue and all all of those where it's very specifically although the last one is not ya it's na but all of them when it's a very specific story about queer people is the only by queer authors is the only time it feels like they actually state it so having something that was LGBTQA plus, but that wasn't its whole purpose. Have a character say that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I think I I, I don't really think that Hetty needs to say it because like we're in her point of view and we like know that she is attracted to yeah women. Like that's true. <laughs> um, and I think that I think we get in dialogue that Barrett is also attracted to women, mm. unless I'm making that up. I feel like I remember that. Anyway, um, I like that the characters are unambiguously queer. I don't quite know how I felt about where their relationship ends up, but I <laughs> almost kind of enjoyed that it was a little bit messy. Like, I, I, I kind of understood why they didn't stay together after they had to kill Reese's yeah. dad. I was like, yeah, it, it makes sense that they, that they wouldn't want to see each other after yeah. this happened.
1: No, I completely buy it. I just wish we'd gotten it from me. Yeah, point I of I own. wish
0: I wish that there had been any kind of like development after that or like they talk about it and yeah, figure out their next steps in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would like a sequel or like another novel in the universe of this book just cuz I like want to know what happened to the other kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I really hope that that at some point we get that cuz that's I think my biggest complaint is The ending is just too ambiguous of you don't get to know anything about any of the people that the novel has made you care about. You don't know what happens to them. And that's that's a little frustrating when you have come to know and enjoy these these characters.
0: Yeah, I would say another thing this book does really well is that, like, you actually, by the end of the book, you you have a really good grasp on, like, who all of the side Mm -hmm. characters are. And, like how they relate to Hetty and, like, what what their personalities are like and what they do in the universe of the, the boarding school. And I think that's very cool because, like, towards... Because, like, I think there's, like, 60 girls at the boarding school or whatever and, like, towards the end there's still, like, new faces being introduced. Mm-hmm. But I never felt, like, overwhelmed and I never felt like I can't place any of these people or, like, what they do or who they are. Because, like, you... Don't spend a lot of time with all of them necessarily, but like the ones that you do spend time with, or who do get like an extensive mention, or who come up more than once, you know enough about that when they come up later, you're like, oh, I know this girl from this previous chapter, and blah blah blah, she does this thing. And yeah. like I never felt confused about who any of the characters were. Yeah, for sure.
1: Which I thought was good. Yeah. I also I like that all of the side characters like who do come up again, you get information. Yeah. About them. Like they're not just like, oh one and done, here's a name and a face. It's here are some of the past interactions we've had, here are the things we know, here's how they relate to Hetty. And again, that's I think that's that's why I wanted to know what happened then. But it was really well done in the The creating of characters that people care about.
0: Yeah, and it's it's generally done in such a way that it doesn't really feel like you're getting an overload of exposition too. Like it's very sneaky. Yeah, which I which I enjoyed. Like every time you meet a new character or like find out about something new, you like Hetty does give information on like what it's about, but it doesn't feel like the author is just like dump constantly like dumping exposition on you. Like it is integrated into the story very well, I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: Do we have anything
0: else to say about this
1: book? I don't think so. I, it's not a bad book. I have a lot of complaints about it, but overall I, I could not put it down and I enjoyed reading it.
0: Yeah. I thought it was very well paced. Um, I also, I read it in, like, four hours yeah. with, like, a break in between for lunch, I think. Mm-hmm. You could definitely knock it out in a weekend. It's only, how many pages is it? Let me look. I think it's, like, 300 some pages. Uh, it's 353 pages. It feels like 200, honestly. Yeah. Like, it was a really quick read. And it's fast paced. You probably won't want to put it down while you're reading. Just read it over a weekend. Honestly, it's yeah. a, it's a pretty good book. It is. It's it. It would be a good beach read, probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'd I'd recommend this book. I know we just talked about for like forty five minutes That's how good. much we didn't like it and how, I... <laughs> and how we wouldn't
1: recommend it. How we wouldn't recommend it. So but... it's it's the I would recommend this book as a general book. Yeah. I would not recommend this book specifically as like the epitome of what good YA horror could be. I feel like it is not the only book I would recommend in that, but unfortunately it kind of is the only book of its kind right now. So it's like the weird weird dichotomy of I would and I wouldn't. I would recommend it just for like a fun read if it's something that you think you might like. If you're a huge, huge, huge horror fan who like wants to go into the nitty gritty and everything, the ending's pretty ambiguous and not necessarily satisfying, but the writing is good and... you enjoy it
0: yeah i would say like as someone who reads a lot of horror i have definitely read better horror than this but on the other hand as a writer i really enjoyed reading it because i like i i was able to appreciate like all of the neat little tricks that she does with like making exposition not feel like exposition mm-hmm. and like uh, the descriptions and stuff So, like, if you want to read it just for, like, the quality of the writing, absolutely read it. Or, like, if you want to read a book this weekend and, like, you don't know what to check out of your local library, like, go look for this. I mean, your library might not have it, but request it. My library did, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wilder Girls. Wilder Wilder Girls.
0: Uh, Before... We wrap up. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Your social media accounts, your projects, any other good book that you read recently?
1: Um. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Fairy Prince Theo, or you can find my podcast at Time LGBTQ, which is um, where LGBT Time Machine exists. Uh, and yeah, check out LGBTQ Time Machine and learn about some cool. LGBTQIA plus history where I tell you a lot of things and basically just go, wow, that's so fucking (laughs) neat. (laughs) yeah you
0: can find me on twitter at corpse survivors hey guys it's future Marn. uh this is the part of the outro where past Marn makes a joke about there not being a twitter for the show uh but that is not true anymore you can find us on twitter at dead letter pod uh until then this has been another meeting of the dead letter society and thank you so much for joining us
1: Hi, I'm Theo, and this is LGBTime Machine, an LGBTQ plus history podcast. In each episode, I'll research and then discuss a topic or time period or person that's relevant to LGBTQ plus history, and hopefully, this will encourage more people to look into our history. So far, I’ve done a broad overview of the persecution of LGBTQ+ plus folks in the US, talked about the homophile movement, the lavender scare, LGBTQ+ plus bars, and looked at some of the riots and events leading up to and including Stonewall. Tune in to the Orange Groves Network to learn some cool facts about LGBTQ+ plus history that you might not have known before.